Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Relationships can be a lot like sailing on a stormy sea. Sometimes you navigate smoothly and you feel safe and you see clearly into the future and you're able to be very present, enjoy the wind on your face, the sun on your back. And then other times you're caught in a crazy storm that threatens to sink the ship. And we've all found ourselves in unhealthy relationships, sometimes more than once. So here are some steps on how to identify and deal with some of those toxic relationships, whether you found yourself in your first one or if you've continued to find yourself in the same type of relationships more than once, it's finally time to stop and uh, break these patterns. All right, number one, the lighthouse of self-awareness. Yes, everything is ocean and sea related. Cute, John. All right. The first step is to recognize... Um, the first step in recognizing a toxic relationship is to look in the mirror. And so what I mean by that is we're so fast to point fingers, um, blame the other person. And of course it's important to know and observe how someone is treating you, right? I don't want to minimize uh, what the other person is doing, but it's just as important, if not more, to look at self. What are you bringing to this? What is your contribution? So it's not just your behavior. It's your wiring. It's your unhealthy patterns. It's, you know, the stuff that happened in childhood that you haven't really healed from that is manifesting in the way that you show up in the relationship. It's your addictions. It's your uh, codependency, which we'll get into. It's your unhealthy attachments, right? It's your reactions. Ask yourself, uh, what is your contribution? And, you know, it could also be kind of nuance and abstract like for example energy you know do you tend to um hijack spaces do you tend to uh without intentionally but just because maybe where you're at in your life uh bring people down or are you contributing to being an anchor on someone's foot because you're in a lower frequency you know are you then uh taking someone hostage I know for me, uh, all the times that I would go through my winters, uh, be unhappy. I mean, big chunks of my early 30s. Uh, I mean, pretty much I think all of my 30s. Uh, I was mostly in a lower frequency. You know, I was mostly in dread, worry, uh, spinning in distorted thinking. Um, and I didn't have the ability to recorrect i didn't have the ability to pull myself out of my own shit i would swim in my own shit you know and i think we have a responsibility um to not only be aware of that but also pull ourselves out of 
that quicksand. And of course, our partner should be empathetic and and uh, do what they can to be supportive, but not at the expense of their own happy, you know? And so early on, and I think I learned this from my parents because uh, growing up in an old school, Korean, traditional, um, codependent, enmeshed, I mean, my dad was an alcoholic, my mom was very, you know, my mom was the classic Al-Anon. It was basically, if I go down, you go down with me, and that's what love looks like, right? And so I think tracing that blueprint, of course, uh, impacted my definitions of love. So that's something else to look at, you know, um, growing up, what was around you? What did you see? How did you form your definition of love? Most likely it was, you know, everything starts at home. So um, if you grew up and, you know, your mom was always cheating on dad, uh, yeah, that's going to form your definition. That's going to give you an outlook or opinions on marriages, uh also maybe generalizations you know that all men do this or all women do that so just to be aware just to be aware of self so not just your behavior um and how you think but what you're bringing to the table as far as uh energy and story number two the raging storm of codependency codependency is like a raging storm that can capsize even the sturdiest of ships. It's when you become overly reliant on someone else for your happiness and self-worth. So you're dependent, right? The the dependency is in the the word. Like you're dependent on your partner for your happy. You're dependent on your ha- partner for you to feel a sense of worth. You might feel like you're lost at sea without them. But remember, you're your own captain. Not only are you your own captain, you're actually in your own boat or ship or yacht or whatever you, whatever you, <laughs> whatever you see yourself as. Um, there's, there's two vehicles here, you know. Uh, there's two vehicles moving in the same direction. It's not both people in one rowboat. Codependency can make you blind to the toxic elements in a relationship, so you got to keep an eye out and know the signs of unhealthy attachment. Um, if we are codependent and we are not aware of that, then there's a lot of things that can be unhealthy that happens that we don't see because of our codependency lenses. You know, if we think that, uh, or if we believe that our partner is our everything in our world. Um, just the fact that there's no distance in space means that we're not going, we're not going to be able to spot what what is unhealthy you know we're going to think that it is normal and we're going to think that oh it's just love um controlling grabbing possession um if you're a codependent those things just feel that's that's what love looks like you know and so you may not be able to spot unhealthy if you are not aware of the codependency in your relationship. Number three, 
the sirens of manipulation. I know it sounds a little dramatic. Uh, toxic relationships often involve manipulation, and it can be subtle, like guilt tripping or gaslighting. But it's the kind of undertow that can pull you under before you realize it. It's one of those uh, slow burn things, you know, stretched over time. Um, there might be like subtle manipulation that we just don't realize or we get used to and we don't see it as manipulation um, until we realize that it's impacted our self-worth, happiness, what we believe about ourselves, you know. I, I think the most damaging when it comes to like gaslighting, manipulation and, and, and uh, being with someone who is uh, highly calculating in some way. Um, the most damaging piece to this is your relationship with yourself. Like it damages your relationship with yourself. I mean, you may believe that you're crazy. You may internalize and believe that you are worth less or doing something wrong because of this manipulation, even though it's not true. So you really have to be on the lookout for behavior that undermines your self-esteem and makes you doubt your own self slash instincts. Number four, the dark cloud of neglect. Neglect is another storm cloud that hangs heavy over toxic relationships. Um, it's not just about physical neglect, but emotional neglect. And I think emotional neglect can be um, more damaging than, than physical neglect. Sometimes physical neglect is um, may not <clears throat> may not even be neglect in that it may not be intentional. It may have to do with very busy schedules or um, people's differences in uh, love languages. I mean, if your partner um, is not a uh, touch person, if uh, if that is not how they um, show love or that's not what they're used to then it, it, it could come off as neglect but it may not be neglect it may be that they show love in different ways maybe through words maybe through service acts of service um and of course it doesn't have to be like that i mean our responsibility is to communicate with our partner and without compromising self to stretch right um but emotional neglect, emotional neglect is, uh, that's like foundational, you know, if, if you don't feel like you are being seen, heard, desired, championed, supported, if you don't feel that your partner is able to hold emotion, uh, listen to you, deploy empathy, do life with you instead of around you those are those are all red flags and i think if you're not used to getting your your emotional needs met you may you may believe that this is normal you know because you haven't experienced anything else so emotional neglect it's a, a dark cloud and can definitely be telling of a toxic relationship so ask yourself um are your feelings, concerns, opinions, are you being heard, understood? Uh, is your partner deploying empathy? Or uh, is your partner consistently brushing aside how you feel 
or ignoring what you believe are uh, your foundational needs. Number five, the anchor of unresolved issues. So when issues are unresolved, when we ignore things that, um, you know, are, are, I'm not talking about differences. I'm talking about conflict. I'm talking about issues that uh, we sweep under the rug, big issues. Um, they become anchors on, on our, our ships, they be, on our relationship. And they can weigh down the relationship because um, things that are not resolved or worked through, they don't just go away, you know. They can become viruses. Um, they could turn into uh, resentment. They can get us to internalize, believe that uh, um, that we are defective or unlovable. Um, they could also be things uh, where we believe our partner uh, is something that, that they, they are not, right? And so maybe it's a history of betrayal. Maybe it's, you know, hurtful words. Uh, maybe your partner uh, used to assassinate your character, um, these are all like uh, ruptures. These are all uh, wounds that, um, and it's unique to the individual. I mean, you know, for some, it, they may not be, you have to be honest with yourself. Um, are there things that you are still, I don't want to say holding on to, but are, are there things that you have, un, uh, that, that you haven't healed from? And how much of that is on you? And how much of that is, um, On both of you guys, meaning it's an issue or something that's unresolved uh, in your relationship that both of you guys need to talk about, to work through, you know. These issues fester beneath the surface, causing resentment to build and poisoning your connection. Number six, the lifeboat of boundaries. The lifeboat can save you from drowning in a toxic relationship. The lifeboat that can save you from drowning in a toxic relationship is setting and maintaining healthy boundaries. Um, a lot of people think boundaries are selfish just because they're not used to drawing them. And so when they do, they get shaky, they feel guilty, uh, you know, and it's like, it's like riding a bike. You just have to practice it you know until you feel comfortable and strong um we're all going to be shaky at things that we've never done before hey wanted to share with you something i'm super excited about if you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium you not only get commercial free episodes but also something i'm introducing called series rotating wellness topics but not only lessons but what do we do with this information how do we thread this into our life so we could change our life go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium it's an act of self-preservation if people, and this isn't just with your intimate relationship, but this may be at work. This may be with uh, friendships, family. I mean, I, I would say work and family, uh, probably more than intimate relationships where uh, your boundaries are crossed constantly, you know? And 
I think I think with family because uh, most of our families are still unhealthy and there's an unhealthy dynamic. And so you, as you grow up and you work on yourself, um, many family members don't, and so uh, they're still crossing boundaries. You know, I remember uh, this is kind of funny, but I remember it wasn't until like late 30s where I decided to start sending my dad the voicemail, and the reason I did that is because he would text us. Or not text us. I think he, back even when we had pagers, he would he would uh, <clears throat> page us nine one one, and it was because the uh, the batteries of his remote control were dead, or that he didn't know how to you know do something with his TV set. Um, he was very emotionally young and childlike. Um, you know, all behaviors of uh, addiction, alcohol, alcoholism. And so he would like demand, uh, whether it's me or my brother, to drive to his house and and fix silly shit. And my brother was just conditioned to do it since he was young. I, on the other hand, um, as I started to draw some boundaries in my life, I started to send his ass to voicemail. And he would be upset. And he would say, oh, you don't love me? You know, that kind of shit. So... Um, I, of course it was hard in the beginning and then he got used to it and then he didn't disown me. He just, I would just say, I have a life. I'm busy. I'm at work. I can't come and change your fucking battery on your remote control. He adjusted to my boundaries is my point. So if your partner or your family, your friends, uh, boss, whoever refuses to respect them, it's time to consider if the relationship is worth weathering the storm because the storm is something you carry it's the relationship relationship with you you know slash your life number seven the compass of self-care in the midst of a toxic relationship don't forget to take care uh, take care of yourself Um, ask yourself what self-care looks like uh, because it is going to be your compass it's going to be guiding you toward calmer waters uh, self-care is you acquiring tools just to navigate this life because this life is turbulent whether you're in a relationship or not you know so what are you doing these days to take care of yourself whether it's therapy meditation or um, maybe you are an extrovert who needs uh, social time that's totally fair I mean as I'm doing this podcast like today I woke up <clears throat> And um, I just feel low motivation. And so my self-care may mean I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to sit at a coffee shop and instead of working, I might read a book. Um, I need to check in with myself. Um, I also don't want to be lazy, right? I don't want to use low motivation as as an excuse because I don't really believe that you wait to be motivated. Um... But when I say low motivation, just kind of feeling down and gloomy, right? Which is okay. Um, I have to determine, do I pull myself, what is it called? Pull myself by the bootstraps? Vanessa, what's that top, what's that saying? Pull yourself up by the bootstraps? Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Uh, Because you're older than me? Yeah. No, that's not true. I was joking. Um, I have to determine whether I do that or 
be kind to myself and uh, give myself what I need and adjust my day, you know. And so self-care for me means um, I try to ice plunge. I try to get in my daily sweat. Uh, if the weather permits, I like riding my motorcycle. Um, I'm a big believer in um, environment and state. So uh, I have to give myself space to be creative every day. Uh, I know that. Um, so my needs, you know, physical, spiritual, emotional, sexual, um, fulfilling my needs and the responsibility of me doing that. And then, you know, um, the basics, good sleep. Um, I just, we just got a sauna, so I try to get in there once in a while. So um, what, whatever it is for you um, to give yourself what you need to take care of yourself. All right, and the final one is the courage to leave. Um, I'm not saying that because your relationship is unhealthy that you should bounce. That's not what I'm saying. I actually believe that these days um, we we actually don't work hard enough. I, I think we bounce too fast. I think we live in a world of uh, instant gratification. And so if we feel uncomfortable or resistant, um, we are faster to leave. And, you know, on the other extreme, I think our parents um, stayed too long. <laughs> I think that generation, um, our parents and, and further, because they, they weren't aware of what was healthy and unhealthy. They just, you know, basically lived their life in survival mode. And not everyone, but generally speaking. And, you know, divorce wasn't an option for, for many, many people. And so um, they stayed in things way too long. And I think us, I think we today leave, leave, leave a little too fast, right? Without really working or tr trying to work th through things where both can look at each other and say, you know, we did everything we can and um, no one hates each other. There's no resentment. You know, it's an expiration. There's acceptance. Um, I find that to be rare. I find most people leave angry, hurt, um, hating the other person, never wanting uh, to, to, you know, engage with the other person. And I think that's a sign of leaving too fast. I think that's a sign of not doing everything they could. Uh, because if you get to a place where you are still um, loving and have worked through things, um, but have accepted that this is, you know, this relationship has expired and it's not something that either of you want, um, then there usually isn't hate, you know, and it doesn't mean that you uh, have to be a part of that person's life. It doesn't mean that you guys have to be friends, but people aren't leaving hating each other, you know. So in conclusion, toxic relationships are storms that can uh, wreak havoc, havoc on your life, but with self-awareness and boundaries and the courage to let go when necessary. And you got to decide what that looks like. And I always... My my kind of go-to answer, because um, a question I get all the time is, how do you know when to leave a relationship? And of course, it's different for every relationship. But if you've done everything you could, and you have to be honest with yourself, and you find that you are starting to break up with you because of the relationship or what's happening in the relationship, um, then maybe it's not repairable. Maybe it is time to kind of you know go separate ways. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I uh, just want to remind you, I have a, uh, if you're a fan of uh, 
or if you enjoy these podcasts, um, I have premium, which gives you four more episodes a month. And you can email me and I will um, do my best to answer your long-winded question as a, uh, for, for an entire episode. And that only goes to premium members. So you can check that out at com forward slash premium. Thank you for listening to us.